Tired of throwing out all your things that get ripped or get holes in them? There's got to be a better way. Try duct tape. Hole in your shoe? Duck it. Leaking gasoline from your car? Mmm, duck it. Annoying friend won't stop talking about her breakup from six years ago? Mmm, duck it. My grandpa used to say, if you can't duck it, fuck it. Duct tape. Available anywhere. Fine tapes and adhesives are sold. <laughs> What's up? Welcome to episode 16 of Rigs Off the Radio. We've covered some heavy topics, and now we'll go a little bit lighter. What happens when two old radio friends... Oh, we're not old. Kind of, I guess. 37, is that old? <laughs> We've known each other for a while. He does a radio show on the West Coast in California. I, of course, do a morning show, Rigs and Alley, in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And since we live on opposite sides of the country, we don't get to see each other so much, but we decided we're both quarantined. Why not do a podcast together? We have the technology. We think we have the humor. Let's do it. And I must say, ladies and gentlemen, listener discretion advised, the language will evolve and get a little dirty as the drinking continues. This is episode 16 of rigs off the radio and if you want to skip through all the covid talk uh, go to 14 minutes in because the first 14 minutes i'm just curious as to what the hell's going on in california with this whole situation so let's go whoa welcome how we Hello. doing hey 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 this is my friend rain who lives hey, uh, on the other side of the for, country thanks for inviting me on the uh, joe rogan podcast here i'm really excited to don't be here. Say Joe Rogan's name because we're not going to do three hours. It's not going to happen. I don't understand how Joe Rogan does a three-hour podcast. And who says, "All right, nine to noon, time to listen to Joe Rogan"? <laughs> right. I mean, what is, not I like Joe Rogan has anything else going on right now, right? Or ever. And I don't want to um, discount him because the guy's funny and he right. does some insightful stuff. But three hours—those are long right. podcasts, man. That, that is a long, long time. Are you doing uh, more? Hi, Riggs. Hi, Ryan. Uh, thanks for uh, thanks for inviting me onto your uh, uh, the podcast show here. Yeah, this uh, is Riggs off the radio episode sixteen. Is what we're wow, on right okay. now. Sixteen. Nice. So welcome, uh, Rain and I used to work together at a radio station in Indianapolis, Indiana, home right. of the Colts and the Butler Bulldogs, and Mike Pence, the vice and president, the Pacers, the and Pacers. the Indianapolis Five Hundred. And I think and- we're also forgetting the breaded pork tenderloin sandwich. Okay, well, we're also forgetting something else. we got to say it at the same time. Ready? One, <laughs> One two, two, three. three. The House of the- Benjamin Harrison. <laughs> what? Nailed it. <laughs> Is it really at the House of Benjamin Harrison? Yeah, it's like uh, it's around the corner from where we used to work. The former president? Yeah. Wow. That's where he's from. I know there's a Fort Benjamin Harrison. I didn't know I had a house. I thought we were supposed to be saying that at the same time. Where were you? <laughs> I was on another planet. By the you way, thought I was going to say the house of Andrew Jackson. I didn't know what you were going to say, honestly. I thought you were going to say PTs, which is the name of a strip club. It is, yeah. Or the Red Garda. Those are great. So now right. you've, uh, Rain and I used to work together, um, very good friends, and now you're in California. You do a morning yeah. show for uh, 106... Five. Five. The, the end. end. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, we work for the same company, by the way. We both work for Entercom, so we're both Radio.com folks. Cool that we're in the same company, but we never see each other unless we're traveling or going to shows, right, or something like that. So, yeah. How's how's pandemic life over there on the West Coast? Um, you know, it's uh, well, I mean, I don't really obviously have anything to compare it to, but I will say it is um weird. Like I, you know, before I, I, uh, you know, uh, was invited onto this Joe Rogan podcast, I uh, had to stop over at uh, Target <laughs> and, <laughs> and get some uh, some frosty beverages. But you know, it, and I was, you know, it was only half the people in the in the Target were wearing masks. I was just gonna say, what's the mask count? Like, if you had to do a percentage of people wearing masks to people not like, wearing masks, it, that there specifically was like fifty fifty. Um, but I've gone other places before where it's been like 80, 20 or Mm -hmm. the majority of people were, you know, were definitely wearing them and being cautious. So you guys have stores that are mandating it now, or is it statewide mandated? Um, Like Illinois just went May 1st full on. Everybody has to wear them all the time. Children over two (laughs) have to wear a mask. So it's, it's not mandated. Um, but 
you know, I, I, I'm, I try and be cautious about it. I have a, a cloth one that um, Katie from our show made, and so I keep it in my car. And um, so I'll put it on when I go out, but I really have no other reason to go out. Like, I'll go to the radio station because I have to get up every morning and, and press the buttons because Gavin and Katie, who are also on our show, they're broadcasting from home. So I have to be the one back at the studio pressing all the buttons. So I'll go there, I'll do that, and then I'll just come home, and I don't really have anywhere else to go except get food. But other than that, I haven't really gone anywhere else. So Yeah. Do you wear a mask all the time everywhere you go out? No, no, no. I mean, I like if I know if I know I'm going to be somewhere where there's a lot of people, I will. Yeah. Um, but other than that, like that's that's about it. Like, I'm said, not, obviously not wearing it in my car or anything. So I was like, I don't want to. Seen people do, and I'm like, you know, I think it's okay. <laughs> you can take the mask off now, Richard. It's fine. Listen here, Karen. You don't have to wear the mask in the car. All right? right. You can take it off. I've always I, I don't like judging people that wear masks, and I don't like judging people that don't wear masks because I think you, you can make a personal decision. To me, yeah, you know, I mean, I I think that it's like you know, if you're six feet away from me and you're minding your own business, uh, fine. But if you're like you know, creeping up on people and you're touching everything, like okay, that's a problem. Yeah. Like you know, there are people that aren't taking it seriously. I get it. Like you, you're not going to ever get a hundred percent cooperation from people on no. things ever. Um, but at the same time, it's like you know, it's not always about you. It's about other people too. Like, you know, stop and think for a second. Like, especially if I, by looking at me, let's say I had a compromised immune system. By looking at me, you probably would never know that. But, you know, I, I can't run the risk, you know, or if someone I know um, goes out and they come in contact with me, it's like, man, it's just, it, it just makes so much more sense if everyone was just safer and just being more conscious about the people around them. And listen, and I've seen what happened in Wisconsin. You know, the, the stuff even today on the news about, uh, you know, Indiana and Michigan and like stuff like that, like people going out and protesting. Listen, you can protest your little heart out. Yeah. You know, do whatever you want to do. But at the same time, realize you kind of look like fools. Like yeah. you're kind of looking a little foolish by doing that because, you know, you know what no I was trying no would... try to take away your right to do anything. No. It's for other people's safety. And I think sometimes. We forget to explain to people, like, it's not about you. This is not about you specifically. Just because it doesn't affect you because you're not sick, um, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean you don't need to do it. Yeah. I, oh, sh- damn it, I just got an email and that dung through. Son of a bitch. It I should have, yeah, it dunged. It danged. Oh, it man. dinged. Son of, ah, oh, sorry. Wait, I apologize for that snafu. That's all right. You got mail. You know what would be uh, interesting? By the way, cheers. We didn't even cheers, so uh, oh, we're both, cheers. Yeah, we're both, yeah. We're both drinking. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm drinking a uh, Sprecher Local Root Beer and Vanilla Vodka. What are you drinking? Oh, yeah. This is um, uh, Kettle One and uh, a Lemon-Lime um, uh, Caffeine-Free Soda thing. I oh, nice. Now, I, w- I thought it would be interesting if these people that are protesting – I would respect it more if they did it responsibly. Like if they all organized it somehow where they were right. all spaced apart and they were all like, look, we can do the right things. We're not assholes. We just want to go back to work because a lot of people want to go back to work because there's places in Wisconsin where people like there's not a lot of cases in some of the rural redneck areas of Wisconsin. I'm sorry to right. say, but yeah, yeah, some of the outskirts, there's not a lot of cases up there and there's people that are like, why five cases up here? Why do we have to stop working? So I get it. I can put myself in their shoes too, but you look like an asshole when you roll up at the state Capitol with a AR 15 in a face mask. And and the same here in California too, right? So a lot of people think that California is just asses to elbows with people, you know, throughout the, the state. And obviously, you know, L.A., San Diego, San Francisco, Sacramento, San Jose. Those are the major metropolitan areas. Yeah. But when you go further north, like, it's very rural. It's very middle of nowhere. Oh, yeah. And and same thing. Those counties are so upset that, you know, there's a uh, stay-at-home order and they can't do anything. And, you know, some counties have had uh, very few or no cases or no deaths. And, you know, they're saying, well, how come – uh, you know, we have to be punished for this when, you know, it's um, happening in the major cities. Well, yeah. it's, it's, it's what, what California is, right? It's like, you know, I think that I, I would rather be um, cautiously safe 
it over maybe even over cautious about it just because it's like you know I don't want to see anybody get sick and you read the stories on how awful it is and man it just it it all sucks but at the same time it's kind of like you know we're gonna this is gonna be over this isn't gonna last forever it's gonna no. be over so just write it out watch a couple more you know episodes of something on Netflix. You know, Smoke some pot. You're in Humboldt County, California. <laughs> right, right. You know, I mean, like, there are other options. You know, and I get it. There, there you know, are people that are upset that I can't make money. I totally understand. And that, that sucks right now. But, you know, um, you know, even people, you know, that cut hair, you know, um, that's how they make their livelihood and their living. But, you know, the people that are wanting them to go back to work are the people that are just going to go get their hair cut for 30 minutes. You forget that they are in a salon for 8, 10 hours a day. Yeah. And, and people coming in and coming out. And you can you can wear all the masks you want. And you can wear gloves. And you can do all that. But it still elevates your risk of getting infected. And you don't know who is and who isn't because mm -hmm. there are asymptomatic people. And, and that makes it tough. So I think here in California, though, I mean, you know, the governor has really kind of been taking everything real slow and really kind of just, you know, very methodical on, on the decisions that he's made, which I think is smart because, again, there are so many people here. And people people in California forget that there are so many people in California, whereas yeah. if it was Indiana or Wisconsin or wherever where, you know, it's a, a, a fourth of the population, if, if it's even that, and, you know, where it doesn't affect as many people, but – you know, even even with this stay at home order, just even driving around and, you know, it's not like it's, um, you know, an episode of The Walking Dead where the, the freeways and highways have zero cars on it. Yeah, it's still, alar still a it's still, a, still an alar it's still an alarming amount of people that are out, yeah. even in even in its heyday here in Milwaukee, in Wisconsin, back in March when it was like peaking. I was like, there's, there's a lot of people out right now. There's still right. a lot of people out right now. So I think at the end of the day, you know, we're probably going to be doing this for a little while longer. If if I'm pissed off about anything, it's that baseball season has been delayed. Uh, I'm yeah. a huge baseball fan, and you know the, the what they're the ideas that they're throwing around on trying to salvage the season, and you know I'm just like you know what, just don't even try because yeah. it doesn't really matter what you try and do, something's going to happen because you know they're like, well, what if we did fifty percent? Uh, um, of the the capacity of the yeah. stadium, okay, we'll say it's fifty percent, and that we'll say ballpark that's fifteen or twenty thousand people, and let's say you need to play five games a week. The cost of trying to de de decontaminate that after every single game, and then uh, you know all of the people that are coming in contact, you know, with touching urinals and food and all this other stuff. Chairs, like, seats, souvenirs, handles, everything. Such a yeah, massive yeah. risk, yeah. yeah. And even football season, too. Like, at least football season is one day a week, right? So as soon as the game is over on Sunday or Monday, you can spray <laughs> everything down and Isn't then you it? have a couple of days. I think it's funny that the NFL is like, they lucked out so much in this thing because, oh, like, the Super Bowl and then off season. So it's like, coronavirus, everything's shut down. The NFL's like, right. all right, we'll do a draft, virtual draft. We don't have to talk about this because our season doesn't start till August. We're good. We're good. And, and I love how that the uh, virtual draft had the highest ratings the NFL draft has ever had. Well, dude, because like, nobody has anything else to do. You got nothing go. else to do. Right. So, all yeah, right. so I think that, you know, there's, you know, I. Uh, Looking at it from someone that's, you know, in a state that has a lot of cases, um, you know, you hear the stories, even on our, our radio show, you know, we've done town halls and we've, t you know, we're on speed dial with the mayor, like, you know, we talked to the police chief and, and, and just hearing them talk about the things that just people want to do, you can, you can tell when they're talking, like, all we're asking is just follow directions for just a few days, if you have a few days, few weeks, few months, color inside the lines, like, we're going to be out of this sooner than you think if you just color inside the lines and then we're going to be done and we can move on with our lives. But of course, some guy wants to color outside the lines because yeah. I don't need you telling me what to do with my life. Ugh, come on, man. It's the You're kid. for the rest of us. We want to go to recess, but fucking Johnny in the back. Sorry, pardon my French. He won't shut up. So now they're right. like, for every minute that Johnny talks, we're taking time off of recess. And I'm like, Ugh. shut the hell up, Johnny. Shut right. up. And All the right. fact that, I mean, I, you know, I don't know when you're going to post this. To, I mean, today when we were recording this, it's May 1st. But the fact that we've already gone through this for a month, it feels like 10 months. 
you know, and it's just like because, you know, I like to go out, I like to go bar hopping, I like to see my friends, and I can't do any of that, and it just drags it out because it's like there's also no finish line. You know, we we would like to, fingers crossed and hope, and I think that's what a lot of people are doing is hoping that this ends soon, but we really don't know for sure, and, you know, at least it feels like that we're, we're kind of hitting that plateau, but, you know, I just saw a story today that California, uh, L.A. County specifically, had an increased number of uh, reported cases over the last couple of days. And, you know, and who knows why that took so long, you know? Yeah. Um, the be more, because more the tests are coming. To, more tests. More tests, you yeah. know, more access to drugs that are they're supposedly helping that people were staying home uh, yeah. that were infected, that didn't need, that were self-quarantining, that didn't need to be tested. And now they are getting tested. I mean, who knows? Like, we're, you know, it's all speculation, really. So, yeah. All right. Next question. Who's your favorite Muppet? Go. Uh, animal, of course. Animal? Uh, yeah, that feels like, uh, you I'm know. Not, I, I'm not good at segues, by the way. <laughs> I can tell. Um, I mean, I, I, as a kid, it was always Kermit, but I think as I got older, I realized that Animal, man, that guy, like, A, uh, he banged on the drums, you know, and sure. that's all he needed to do. He uh, didn't form words, which uh, I'm shocked that I can do. And, um, you know, I, I, he just had this badass to him. Name another badass Muppet. Uh, the Swedish chef. He's not a badass. Like, like I'm, th- I'm saying like horns up just like oh. feels like, oh, this guy is like metal. Like, ah. I don't know any other metal Muppets, no. I mean, maybe Waldorf and Stadler, those two guys, they're a little oh, bit metal, yeah. but they're just very bitter old men, if you look at it at the end of the day. Maybe back uh, in the early days when they were younger. Yes, they, they probably got so much Muppet pussy. <laughs> <laughs> Just you gotta know that they at some point they got so soured, and they uh, that's why you never see them with chicks anymore. So. Never, never again. Never. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, Waldorf and Statler and the Swedish Chef was always my favorite, Bully, because he couldn't form words either. He's kind of like Animal. Yeah, you he was just great. You do a great impression. Merk dish merk merk smirkiver merk merk dish merk bjork bjork bjork. It's great, right? He's one of the best. He's one of the best. Um, it's great. Did you like Muppet Babies, the cartoon, or did you feel like that was a stretch? Um, you know, I did like it. I do remember liking it, but I also think that that might have been toward the end of you know being a little kid and growing up into you know an actual non-little kid i don't know i mean i yeah. felt like i wanted to say that that was like seven eight or nine years old i do specifically remember the um toys at mcdonald's oh yeah they had muppet babies toys mcdonald's had some pretty badass toys back in the day when they did right. the micro when they did the micro machines mm-hmm. and that was some of my favorite time because you could take the happy meal box and actually build a little set for your micro machines it was the best right. it was the best uh, I like the uh, chicken nuggets that you could put little outfits on. <laughs> uh, I, I, the ones I specifically remember is you could dress one up like a cop, and he had a little belt with a little holster in it. Um, <laughs> the little belt. Dude, uh, you could, was, those things are probably worth bank on eBay if you had oh, them sure. in their original box. Their original little bag still smelled and like... Course, and of course, we can't forget about uh, the crown jewel that is uh, McDonald's, and that is... Uh, uh, Mac tonight, the piano playing Moon. Oh yeah, you remember him? That's a throwback. Look at you. Uh, that was gosh, that was eighty seven, eighty eight, maybe. Yeah, I was maybe you know five or six years old. I remember that specifically because he had a giant moon for a head, and he played the piano, <laughs> and he sang the song Mac the Knife, but he sung the words Mac tonight. <laughs> That's a great play on words. It's great. Some marketing genius. You know, some guy got a massive bonus for that idea. Probably, yes. <laughs> I got it. What if he's a moon? Go on, Jimmy. Keep talking. He's a moon and he plays the piano. Did okay, you... I like this. Do you have HBO? Yes. Did you watch McMillions? I did. What did you think? Because I was blown away. I thought it was awesome. I thought so, it, went, it dragged on a little bit. It could have been probably, could have been two or three episodes or yes. maybe like a feature movie, like two hours. 
but it dragged. But the whole thing about it is fascinating how it was. I, I mean, I thought playing McDonald's, the Monopoly game when I was a kid, like I yes. genuinely thought I could win because I would always get Boardwalk or Park Place. I think, no, right. it was one of the two you'd always get. And you were yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Always, I think it was always Park Place. Yeah, Boardwalk and you're, was always the one you, you had. That's to what it was. But yeah. Uncle Jerry always had that one. That's why you could never find it. Here's the thing. Yeah. So, you know, the blonde woman in the in the show was she was in charge of like, you know, winter relations or whatever. I forgot her name. I don't know her title, but they, they featured her a couple of times. They came to her when they were trying to set up the sting operation. Oh, yeah. And uh, she worked for McDonald's. But she was also like if you listen to her backstory, um, the reason why they recruited her is because she had interaction with a lot of the winners for these contests. Oh, yeah. So they, they, so they bought it. Like, Hook, line, yeah, and sinker. So like, so like yeah, so um, you know how to talk to them. You know how to get the wh- whatever you need out of them. The fact that there were so many winners from Jacksonville, Florida, <laughs> and no one waved any red flags at any point, going, you know, it is awfully suspicious. You don't even that have all of our winners are from Jacksonville. Well, we got one from South Carolina, who just so happened. To live in Jacksonville. <laughs> like, come on. You didn't have like one person from Salem, Oregon or something. Pick something right. on the West Coast. At least N- one. No one said anything at any know. point about that. Like, you know, because you got it. You know, you got to fill out affidavits. I mean, listen, we work in radio. We deal with contest winners all the time. Yeah. So, you know, the business office keeps a record of the people that win. Um, if you win over X number of dollars, you're going to get taxed and oh, all yeah. this stuff. And you got to file all this paperwork and everything. So there's got to be someone at some point that, that's in charge of at least monitoring a list. And I get it. It's a big list because you, you know, uh, you have the big you know, grand prize winners, the millionaires, the people that win cars, stuff like that. And then you, you have all the people that, oh, I want a free, uh, free fry. Um, but God, nobody. The fact that it went on, it, it didn't. They didn't wave the flag until they didn't raise. Or it, it wasn't even McDonald's because they were oblivious to what was happening. That the FBI had to track them down and say, you know, this we suspect this is happening. <laughs> At least ten years after the whole thing had been running, yeah. it wasn't. It wasn't like they, they had a couple of winners after the first two or three years, and they were like, you know, this does feel suspicious. Like it was. I mean, we were kids, right? So what that. Well, let's say it was 1988, but they didn't crack this case until 2002. Right? Come on. Well, plus, like, uh, I think if, if that same thing went happened today with social media and everything, there was no way it could have gone on that long. No way. Oh, no way. No way. Yeah, be- no. because, you know, I think back then, you know, they would show the uh, – because, you know, I always thought that as a kid. Like, you never heard who won. Like, you know, nowadays, like, they, it's like you have to sign a waiver to – be featured in videos and pictures. You're you're going to yeah. go on social and all this. Stuff. They're going to use your name and likeness. Casinos figured that out early on because yeah. that's why when you go to a casino, it's like, you know, uh, you know, Jonathan J won five thousand dollars playing the slots here or whatever it is, and they put his picture up on the wall just to tell people winners happen here. Yeah. But man, you never heard, you never saw any like follow ups or anything on like the people that won the money or the cars or anything, and. You know, whereas nowadays that's so commonplace. Yeah. yeah, you'd never be able to get away with that now. What I did love about that entire series was the security that went into um, how they made the pieces and when they made the winning pieces and the, the briefcase with the handcuff on it. And like, I, I didn't know any of that. Like, the sealed that was actually. The sealed, the sealed envelope. envelopes. Yeah. <laughs> like, that was so interesting to me. And that guy you know, just. And, Milked and they it. make millions of pieces, and they send them all out in newspaper inserts. And wow, that, I, I like that behind-the-scenes stuff. That's that's pretty fascinating. Yeah, that is good stuff. Have you? Uh, what else have you been binging since you've been stuck inside? Are you watching a lot? Are you doing a lot of binging? Or are you doing more like creative things and being more cerebral? How are you spending your time when you're you're, you're stuck in, um, in quarantine? Because you're also not only do you do the morning show, but you're also the program director, correct? That is correct. So you have probably uh, a lot of other responsibilities. Program director is basically the guy that runs the radio station for all intents and purposes. So sales, promotions, the morning show, the afternoon show, hiring and firing talent. You're working with the sales team. You're doing a lot of things. So do you just work all day? (laughs) Um, not all day, but like like today, like I didn't even really leave the office till three o'clock. 
but I, you know, the show's over at 10, and so there's a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff that happens. But when it comes to, like, what's happening now, like, I mean, there was a day earlier this week I left at noon because I was like, man, I'm so tired. I just want to go home. Knocked out a nap real fast and then hopped on my computer and did some emails and stuff. Uh, but, um, you know, I, I, I watched the Waco um, miniseries. That's, How is that's that? Really good. But I also am a I'm super weird because I kind of like I'm a big fan of history documentaries. Oh yeah. Like um the Waco documentary was really interesting. Um I I got caught up in uh the Unabomber series. That's so good. Been. I've it's been really good. I've been inside the Unabomber's cabin. Really? Yes. At the Museum in Washington DC DC. Wow. They've got uh, it's it's called the museum, and they've got all this stuff. They've got a whole FBI exhibit where they have Ted Kaczynski's cabin, the actual legit cabin from Montana where he lived. They took it and they brought it into the the basement of this place, and crazy. It's, it's tiny, the tiniest little thing. But this guy lived in there for years and terrorized the whole nation for like seventeen years, right? Which is so, incredible. Another so guy that this. another guy that wouldn't get away with. It today with social media. No way. Right, right. No way. Um, another one, uh, so the, the Unabomber, um, there was an um, uh, Oklahoma City bombing documentary that I thought was super interesting. Yeah. Um, you know, and I don't know why I get into some of these things. I, I think it's just because maybe when a lot of these things happened, uh, we were so young that I didn't really understand what what is a Branch Davidian. I don't, I don't know what that means, you know. And then when you're an adult – and this is, a, you know, I'll bring this up in a second, uh, 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 things you watch as a kid and then you rewatch as an adult and things you miss when you're a kid because you don't understand them. But yeah. I think that when it, these big events happen when you're a kid, Oklahoma City, Waco, Unabomber, um, you know, when these things happen and you don't really, you can't really put the pieces together, but then you watch these documentaries years and years after the fact and then you realize like, wow, like, wow, this is actually like super interesting. I mean, now I understand why this happened. I mean, it was still a terrible, awful thing that happened regardless of what the incident was. But, you know, sometimes at the time when you hear about it, when you're a kid, you know, A, you don't know what's happening. But B, you don't get the facts, the real facts until months or even years later. Like the Waco thing, like, you know, there's obviously two sides to every story. And the story that I thought I knew might not have matched up with what was presented in this documentary so it was kind of interesting to get another perspective on it and i mean the, the fbi did their investigation and you know a lot of people died unfortunately but you know it's interesting to kind of see what you know when you watch those kind of things and, and you learn about it I, I like watching world war ii documentaries especially about um you know germany and the uk and stuff that was specifically happening over there which i yeah. I, I find super interesting but so i um but but the other thing I'm starting to do is I'm watching old 80s and 90s movies. Oh yeah, like look who's talking. <gasps> like let's Shut talk up. about this real fast, okay? Okay, because go ahead. first of all, I had no idea at the time when that movie came out in 1989, uh, when I was six years old or seven or whatever it was. Yeah, how much of a scumbag the guy was that was dating that knocked up Kirstie Alley and left her what an asshole exactly I, I realize this now because I just watched it as a you know 37 year old man whereas like when you're a kid you're like hmm oh that's uh, okay yeah that's comical I guess yeah. whatever <laughs> and then you move on oh babies are talking in the womb that's funny <laughs> <clears throat> Look at these tadpoles. When did this happen? <laughs> but it's like, you know, you watch these movies. So I'm getting, like I watched Harry and the Hendersons. I can't oh. tell you the last time I watched that movie and uh, watch it again as an adult. And you're like, huh, there's a message here. I never knew that. Yeah, the like, message just, is that Bigfoot is real, right? Yes, of course, there. Bigfoot is real. But, you know, I obviously, like, at the end of the movie, showing compassion, even to something that you thought you were afraid of, and, you know, you grow, it's a, actually a person, with, it's, or a, it's a Bigfoot with feelings, you know, stuff like that. I watched, uh, it, do you remember Inner Space? I don't, know. It has uh, Dennis Quaid and Martin Short, and uh, Dennis Quaid is shrunk uh, into a capsule that goes into Martin Short. What? 
Yes, I swear to God. Again, another <laughs> 80s movie. Meg Ryan's in it. Um, there's oh, a yeah. character called the Cowboy. It's Again, I remember watching it as a kid, and I remember going, huh, this is interesting. And But now I watch it as an adult, like, hey, this is terrible. Uh, but B, okay, now the plot makes way more sense than it yeah. did when I was a kid, so... Have you watched Outbreak again since this whole thing started with Morgan Freeman and Cuba Gooding Jr. and Rene Russo and Kevin Spacey? Um, yes, I did. With the Mutaba virus? Yes. And lots of parallels. So many parallels. That and Contagion both, while they're scary in nature, I think they're both, you can learn a lot from watching them. You can be like, wow, this, this stuff can travel really easily and really fast and get out of control really fast because Donald Sutherland knew that they had E-1101. He knew that it happened back in Vietnam with the Mutaba virus. He had E-1101 the whole time and Morgan Freeman knew it too. Morgan Freeman knew that they had E-1101. So Dustin Hoffman and Cuba Gooding Jr. are on this wild goose chase running around California trying to find Mm -hmm. this monkey when they know goddamn well Mm -hmm. that Donald Sutherland had E-1101. And if he would have just said something at the beginning instead of trying to hide their secrets from the past in Vietnam, they could have cured everybody. Yeah. Government corruption. They were going to wipe out a whole California town. They were going to until Dustin Hoffman talked him off of it. And thank you for doing that, Dustin Hoffman. We appreciate your service to the fake country that you were doing. What a fake American hero he is. (laughs) What a very fake American hero he was. (laughs) God bless fake you, Dustin Hoffman. Thank you. You know, another uh, movie I watched that again, that? like, I, I actually watched this before the whole quarantine thing went down. Remember Flight of the Navigator? Yes. With Pee Wee Herman okay. or Paul Rubens, excuse me. You got to watch it as an adult now because like it, I didn't realize it is kind of a messed up movie. The fact that that kid fell into a, a ravine and disappeared for seven years. Like, okay. What? Science, explain this to me, right? They didn't. It's a massive plot hole that's in the movie. Like they didn't even explain why it happened. And now, wait a minute. You're trying to tell me that Paul Pee Wee Herman Rubens, the <laughs> voice of the navigator, picks uh-huh. up this kid, can go light speed, goes under the Golden Gate Bridge, makes the sound, the San Francisco treat, ding ding. The whole thing. You're trying to tell me all of that, like, and you're tra- you're. It's almost put in this kid's imagination, and it's a Disney movie. It is unreal. It is unreal. What else have you have we watched that has changed over the? You know, some movies just stay the same, like Back to the Future, the entire franchise. Right. Never changes. Right. But I've seen. I've always wondered. You know how Doc Brown and Marty McFly originally became friends. No one ever questioned their relationship. How did they meet? What happened? Was so, there some? Was there some sort of a love relationship? Some sort of a love interest? Was he a teacher at some right. point? I, yeah, we don't really you, get that backstory. You never get that backstory. You never do. You never. We do. do find out though that Doc Brown burned his house down. Did he? Yeah. That, that's at the beginning of the movie. Um, that's why. Uh, he, uh, he's in that like it's not a house. I think it's like a garage. Remember, so Marty, like, there's a yes. fence and there's a lock, right? Yes. Well. There's a point in uh, the movie, in the first one, where Doc Brown says, I spent my whole family fortune, and um, there was, wasn't there a newspaper article that says Doc Brown burns his house down? Well, down house? Well, he was committed. I, and then, I and then committed after is part of that. It was committed. I think you're thinking about part two, when they went into the parallel 1985. Do you remember that one? Hmm. Because in, yeah, but, in Back but to the Future 2... Reason, I think that, like... Because old Biff went to the time machine and went back and gave the gray sports almanac to young Biff and oh, changed no, no, no. the course no, no, no. of the is, future. Right, right, right. And then right. at the end, but it changed from the f- committed to commended. Right, right. That's right. That part is, yes. yes. Uh, but yeah, that where he burns his house because he has – Doc Brown has a specific line saying, I spent my, my family's fortune um, – yeah, I, I, I just I Google it right now, and that the first article that comes up is an article that says Doc Brown burned down his house for the insurance and Back to the Future. Oh yeah, okay, so for the that's right. Yeah, uh, even Henry agrees. He, uh, he <laughs> <laughs> what is Henry doing? 
If you don't know, uh, Rain he has wants out, he wants out of the room here. Rain has an adorable pug named Henry. He's a pug, right? Yes, he is a pug. Yeah. Um, yeah. So actually, I was just telling somebody today uh, that this plot hole didn't make sense. The fact that Doc had the ability to travel to the future and uh, did not warn anybody that the year twenty twenty is bullshit. Yeah. And you're Doc Brown. You're fucking trash. You're trash. You didn't dude. warn anybody. That movie's that movie's that I don't believe that movie. That boo that bo- that movie is not a documentary. You know, speaking of uh, plot holes that bother me, do you remember the movie Jurassic Park from nineteen ninety three? I do. The thing that bothers me the most, Rain, <laughs> from I think this plot hole in this movie bothers me so much to this day. It's like I had to play a scary sound there. <laughs> oh. Right. <laughs> Do you remember the T-Rex scene, the iconic Tyrannosaurus Rex, when they have the Ford Explorers and they're going through, and then they stop right in front of the T-Rex paddock. They're like, quiet. Right. They stopped at the T-Rex paddock. And Robert Muldoon's like, oh, shit, something's going to happen. Shit's going to go down. And then the T-Rex right. walks in and it breaks down that fence and comes and fucks up the cars and everything, eats the lawyer and all that stuff. Right. Then... Yep. After the T-Rex retreats, they fall over the edge of a big cliff. But didn't the T-Rex appear from that? So did the T-Rex either A, grow longer arms or have some sort of a repelling-like system to hoist his way up that wall? Because he just ate the goat that was right there. That's the biggest plot hole that has perplexed me for years. And it's one of my favorite movies of all time. Does that make sense? That's a great point. You know, because, I remember thinking that at some point watching it again because I'm like, you know, that's an awfully steep cliff and for him to rise out of there. By the way, you said longer arms. There's no way a T-Rex will ever have longer arms. Arms. No. They have short arms. That's true. Um, Very true. But, uh, but, I mean, God, I don't even have an answer for that. That's the biggest plot hole from the 90s that has perplexed me to this day still. I almost want to write Spielberg and be like, dude, what happened? Was it just a continuity thing? Right. And they were like, what happens after the T-Rex eats the car? They were like, well, then they get pushed back and they can't go anywhere. And then they go over a cliff. And they were like, but the T-Rex just came from there. So we can't have a cliff. Fuck it. Make a cliff and make it go really steep. And the, the Ford Explorer falls all the way down there. So right. that's the plot hole that bothers me still um, to this day. Still there was, to this day. Uh, family Guy actually made fun of a plot hole in Back to the Future. Do you remember this? No. Family Guy uh, made uh, a reference to the fact that, so, uh, spoiler alert, uh, <laughs> Marty uh, <laughs> Marty McFly uh, gets his parents together, okay? Uh-huh. Sorry to ruin it for you. It happens at the Enchantment Under the Sea dance. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but they point out the fact that, okay, so when Marty comes back to regular 1985, sorry, spoiler alert, he makes it back. <laughs> If you haven't seen um, this movie by now, you're, you're <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. He makes it back to regular 1985. His dad is a su- su- successful author. His mom comes in and she's wearing her nice clothes. Um, the brother, uh, Marty, always wears a suit to the office. At no point did George McFly ever point out that Marty looks exactly like Calvin Klein, who Lorraine dated back in 1955. He never questions the fact that is Marty not my son and really the son of uh, of Calvin Klein? You ever think about that? I have never thought about that. And that is a huge plot hole that would probably drive me off the wall now that I, when I watch it again, it probably will. Do you remember the right, movie? Been, uh, can you imagine, think of that conversation because yeah, Family Guy even pointed it out, which that's why I love Family Guy. They find, find all that obvious stuff. Yeah. Or maybe not not as obvious, um, but the fact that uh, they had to point out, and then the scene, the cutaway scene in Family Guy, where it's George McFly furious. He's like, uh, "I can't believe you slept with that creep, Calvin Klein, and had his kid, and you've called Marty my kid this entire time." <laughs> it's so funny. Family Guy's uh, great at that. Oh man, the plot holes—they're great. Did the movie Armageddon ever bother you that it would have been easier to train all of those? It would have been easier to train astronauts how to drill for oil than it was to train people that knew how to drill oil to be astronauts. That did seem weird because it feels like astronaut training takes 
so many years. Could take yeah years. You got to be able to sustain those G forces and everything. But, but why not it, just train astronauts how to drill for oil? Right. Are they both that much of a you know a niche profession where you need years of training? I don't know. But I, I guess know. at the end of the world, you don't know what the hell you're going to do. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't. No, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. We're, I don't know what we're going to talk about next. We're talking about plot holes now. Um, you didn't have any random ass uh, Muppet questions? Any others? Oh, the Muppets threw us off about at 14 minutes, so. <laughs> oh, wow, guys. That's so long ago. Yeah. I'm keeping track of everything right now. Um, have you had any Bigfoot encounters in California? I have not. I have a question for you. Okay, I, go ahead. I do have a question for you, though. Sure, go ahead. You, um, who was your favorite character on Nickelodeon's Hey Dude? Hey Dude? Jesus. Now, before you answer that, Okay. You have to sing the theme song. Uh, I can't do either one of them, honestly. What? I haven't I haven't seen Hey Dude enough to A have a favorite character or B know more of the theme song other than Hey Dude. Well, that was obviously the end. Right. That's all I remember. Wow. I, I, did I, I disappoint you? So much more of you, Riggs. I mean, I could Google remember. it right now. This was a podcast episode we didn't plan on. <laughs> there, there was <laughs> no planned, planning that went into this. We planned none of this. Like the first 14 minutes were coronavirus. Then we talked about the Muppets. <laughs> then we talked about McMillions. And then we talked about coping mechanisms for a couple minutes. And then we went into 80s and 90s movie plot holes. Right. Yeah. I like <laughs> that. Nothing here. Nothing. All right. Hold on. Hey, dude. You be kai What were the cowboys play? Sing it again now. That's all I remember. All right. Well, I would say that my favorite character was... It's either uh, Ted, Danny... Um, Melody? Melody. I loved Melody. She was hot. She was the blonde. Yeah. Brad was the brunette. And then Mr. Ernst. Oh, buddy. And buddy. Yeah. Yep. All right. Fair enough. Those shows need to come back. Have they come back at all? Like the 90s Nick stuff, like Are You Afraid of the Dark? Uh, Pete and Pete was a good show again. Yeah. Um, I, I think there's a dedicated channel. I think it's like Nick Classics or Nick Extra or something. Like, I don't know. There's feels like there's 48 Nickelodeon channels like there is everything else now. So Oh, it's called Nick Extra. Yeah. From Logopedia. Logopedia, whatever it is. I've got Google right in front of me, and that's how I knew oh, that. Oh, you. Yeah. Oh, nice. Right off the bat. That's how I look up that. the lyrics of Hey Dude. Uh, you got Google right in front of you. I could. Hey Dude theme song <laughs> lyrics. <laughs> and there it is. I'm going to ask you what this theme song is. Salute your shorts and <laughs> Awesome. Hey Dude, it's a little wild and a little strange when you make a home out on the range. Start That's your right. horse and come along. But if you can't get a ride, if you can't hold on, singing. Hippity tie yay yay Oh, wow. I, I, I what? I didn't like even the, say the right words. Like the cowboys say, sing it again now. Hippie tie yay yay. Get along, little doggies, till the break of day. Better what out? Uh, better what out for those man-eating jackrabbits and that killer cacti. Killer cacti. Hey, hey dude. dude. There we go. Uh, now, if you wanted to talk about Doug, the animated show from yeah, Nickelodeon. Big Doug guy. I remember watching Doug and going, "Okay, cool." And same with Ren and Stimpy. So you yeah. like the live-action 90s Nick stuff. You weren't a fan of the animated stuff, like Av Real Monsters, Rugrats. Uh, that was after me. That was after um, you? Yeah. We're, uh, we're relatively... Rugrats, I remember. You and I are almost the same age, by the way. We missed it yeah. by, like, what, three months? You're in March or February? Yeah. March. Yeah, uh, March. And I'm in Feb- uh, December. So I was right. December of 82 when I was born. Right. And you were born in 83. 83. Yeah. Yeah. So we're both 37? Yeah. 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 Yeah, so I get um, Odd Little Monsters. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember watching that. But I also, at that same time, was starting getting into Legends of the Hidden Temple. <laughs> and um, what are some of those other ones? Pete and Pete, like you said. Uh, are You Afraid of the Dark? Do you, um, know, do you know that I have Mark Summers from Double Dare's cell phone number? Really? Yeah. What was the name of that show that he hosted? What would you do? What would you do? Yeah. I interviewed Mark Summers when he came through Milwaukee for the Double Dare Live tour. Right. 
on the phone and I was like, ah, cause I legitimately tried to buy the VIP package so I could like meet him before the show and everything. Oh, yeah. And I waited till it went on sale and I kept hitting refresh and I couldn't buy it. So I told him when I interviewed him, I was like, I'm so excited to go to the show. I was like, I tried to buy the VIP, but it sold out too fast. So I'm bummed, but I'm still excited. I get to go and see you at double dare live. And he goes, well, why don't you just call me? I'll let you come back and come come back and hang out. And I go, wow. wait, what? And he goes, yeah, I'll give you my, my number. So we get off the air. He gives me his cell phone number. Oh, my God. And the day of Double Dare, I text Mark Summers. And I'm like, hey, it's Riggs. He texts back immediately. Hey, dude, I'm in Wisconsin. This is, a, this is cool. I love Milwaukee. Let me know what time you're going to be here. So he took us backstage. I got to meet him. I got to hang out with him. I bought him some Milwaukee shirts, and I took him to him. And I was like, these are like, you know, official Milwaukee shirts. There's a company called um, Brew City Apparel. Yeah. It does very cool, like, Milwaukee-themed T-shirts of all the local spots and everything. There's like a bronze Fonz T-shirt. We have a big uh, Fonzie, you know, from Happy Days. When I went there and saw you, I went and saw the the statue. Yeah, Yeah. it's a big statue there, too. So I brought him some shirts, and he checked those out. And then when it came time to call people on stage to go up and, like, participate in one of the physical challenges. Oh, yeah. He called... Not me, Ugh. my producer, Gibbons, the guy no that worked on our show. Yeah. yeah. So oh. my friend Ryan Gibbons got to go and live my childhood dream on stage oh. while I sat in the crowd with my cell phone like, I'm really happy for you, <laughs> you asshole. You stole my childhood. <laughs> oh, man. So, um, gosh, I, I must have been like uh, 11 or 12. Um, California, um, they have uh, Great America which is now, I think, uh, well, it's California's uh, Great America. And they had a Nickelodeon exhibit. And same thing. It was like four shows every day, Nickelodeon on stage, and they'd call you up. And I, they called me up on stage, and uh, I got slimed. Did you really? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Real slime. You know, I found out the slime is nothing more. It's like two simple ingredients. It's yeah, like it's like, ma- it's, like it's applesauce and green food coloring or something. It's yeah, it's because yeah, it had to be yeah. non-toxic. It had to be edible because right. of waivers. A lot of right. places need waivers now because some radio stations did some things back in the day. So a lot of right. people need waivers. But I don't want to you talk know, about talk- that. <laughs> you were talking about um, so the Double Dare and the Mark Summers. So yeah. back in December, um, it was announced that it was the 35th anniversary of Pee Wee's Big Adventure. <gasps> And they, uh, uh, Paul Rubens, um, was doing a tour where he would go to cities. They would show Pee Wee's Big Adventure, and he would do a meet and greet with uh, people that bought packages after the movie. Ooh, fruit would, please. They, uh, Ooh. They, the, um, uh, they, they would show it in like a like an actual theater theater, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, not a movie theater, not like an AMC or something, but it would be like you know where they likely do live music now. Anyway, so um, I saw that and I was like, oh my God. Such a great I, movie. I will pay whatever the price is. Yes. They, they had an event in San Francisco. And I looked and I was like, I could totally pull this off. Um, it was at uh, a venue called the Masonic. And uh, I looked and tickets were going on sale like that Friday. And I'm like, yes. Okay. I, I made like a, I made an alarm in my outlook of like, okay, <laughs> I'm totally doing this. And so um, I come to find out it's 10 o'clock on Friday, the day the tickets go on sale. And I, uh, the problem was they didn't announce the prices ahead of time, Oh, which, oh. which I hate that they do. Like that, that they do that. Cause it's been, cause it's usually a stupid amount of money. Oh, then you're like, Oh God, 150 bucks plus fees or whatever it is. Yeah. Right. So I was looking at, so finally like um, it's 10 o'clock. I pull it up and it has everything. It's all ready to go. It's got all the tiers and the top tier was VIP. You saw the movie. Um, you got like a laminate and a gift bag and a poster and a T-shirt and like all this stuff. And then you got um, to meet Paul Rubens after the show. And you got to uh, be in like a meet uh, VIP area where you could hang out with him for like fifteen or twenty minutes. Yeah. So it's not like a it's not like a, a cattle call line, which like most VIP uh, most meet and greets are. Yeah. Uh, but that was like the next one down. So it was like you know. There were a couple of meet and greet options there, but the top one was you actually got to hang out with them. Anyway, I'm looking at it and I'm like, "What's the price on this?" Take a guess what the top tier price of that was. Two hundred bucks. 
$350. And I'm <laughs> like, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, man, that's awfully steep. And I'm thinking and I'm thinking, I'm like, to me, the guy that's famous for masturbating in a, in a porn theater. <laughs> right. But the babysitter of my childhood, because uh-huh. all he would watch was Pee Wee's Playhouse. Yeah. Anyway, I'm like, you know what? 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 Name me another time I'm going to have an opportunity to meet Paul Rubens. You yeah. won't. You won't. So I was like, all right, I'm going to look into this a little more. Well, come to find out, I needed a password, like you know, like a um, like a uh, pre-code or whatever it is. Pre-code. Yeah, pre-sale right? code. And I'm like, well, where the fuck am I going to find this? I'm like, I'm not a part of any sort of like fan club or anything. And so, so I start punching it in. I'm like, Pee-wee, pre-code, I can't find it, and I can't find it. And I'm like, now I'm getting pissed off. And then I then like 15 minutes goes by, and like, which is an eternity when you're trying to buy tickets to something because yeah. all the tickets are gone. And then I'm like, what the fuck could this password be? Like, I'm like typing in, I'm like, Pee-wee, no, bike, no. And then I was like, <gasps> wasn't Francis, was it? No. What was it? It was fucking Alamo. Alamo! <laughs> it was Alamo, and sure as shit, it was Alamo. I punched it in, I got in, and it was sold fucking out. Wait, did you guess it was Alamo? Yes! <laughs> and it was sold out. I was so mad. I, I was like, the rest of the day, don't, yeah, don't talk to me. I was so mad. That sucks, man. <sighs> You were so, so close to meeting met. him. So did that's you, the story on how I never met Pee Wee. Did you? You didn't go to the show at all. No. Oh yeah. If you can't meet him, why would you drive? Yeah, and it's the movie, there? and it's like all, all of the VIP stuff had already been sold out by the time I got the code word. And they did like, that thing I, with. They did a thing here with John Cusack where he watched um, "Say Anything," and then you could ask oh, yeah. him questions afterwards. Same thing. Right. These actors who have like. They've kind of seen their, not they've, they're not washed up, but they've seen their better days and they're like right. going to go out on tour with their cool movies. Like if uh, Matthew Broderick couldn't even do it because he's big on Broadway now, I was going to say he could do a Ferris Bueller tour, but right. Cameron could probably do it. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and you know, just just the opportunity was cool, right? Yeah. Like, wow, you, Pee Wee Herman, like this is cool because he doesn't do anything anymore. Like, no. you know, the, you know and... and I think it was like 30 dates. Like he was like going all over the country. The problem was, was that that he's old now too. Yeah. That date in San Francisco was February 28th and he shut the tour down because of, uh, the coronavirus. Oh, like two weeks later. He's 67 years old. Ugh. Did you did you see Pee Wee's the the last the big holiday or the last holiday or whatever on Netflix the newer one I did not which I heard was awful it was terrible but I heard <sighs> that a majority of the budget on that movie was CGI to make him look younger really <laughs> yes they I spent guess I'm not they spent a stupid amount of money to make him look younger because he's sixty seven dude he's not yeah young Pee Wee anymore he's an that old would have meant- that he was what mid thirties in the eighties when he was doing Pee Wee's Playhouse. He's born in nineteen fifty two, so yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I mean, he doesn't have to work ever again. I hope he nah. kept his Pee Wee money. <laughs> his Pee Wee <laughs> money. His Pee Wee money. Uh, do we have anything else we want to talk? We've been going for like fifty minutes now. Do you realize oh, that? Wow, it doesn't even feel like it. It doesn't now. It doesn't now. Time flies when you're hanging out with good friends. You know. Um, oh, I got a question to, uh, to ask you. Mm-hmm. Um, go ahead. Go right ahead. I'm um, ready. He's looking around his room right now. We're on FaceTime together so I can see him. He's uh, looking around at, is that Michelle Branch back behind you in Vertical is. Horizon? What is that? A ni- <laughs> yeah. Is that your 1990s wall? <laughs> no, here, I'll give you a quick tour, right? So oh, like, sure. this is the spare room in my house. Oh, look and at I those. Have, uh, I remember of, CDs. Uh, I remember those. Yeah, yeah. I have a bunch of, like, just radio stuff. So there's a, a Katy Perry poster that's up there. And then Michelle Branch, who I had a massive crush on when I was a senior in high school. Uh, Vertical Horizon, Slipknot is up there. She's got a big, um, big birthmark on her face. You ever seen her in real life? Yeah, Michelle yeah. Branch? Yeah. I, I follow her on Instagram. Trust me. I never realized um, that until I met her in person. Michelle, there's another Michelle Branch. Oh my poster. god! Oh Jesus. my god! This feels creepy. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, there's Teddy Geiger. Teddy Geiger uh, is now a uh, uh, transition now. Yeah, I saw that. Good for him. Good for, for her. her. Good for her. Um, yeah. 
Incubus. Uh, yeah, so there's a lot of, like, just old uh, radio memorabilia that's in this room. Uh, there's Kelly Clarkson over there. Nice. WWE pay-per-view chair that I got. Um, <laughs> yeah, so. Uh, oh, yeah, back to my question. Yeah, go ahead. Fire away. Last Michelle question Branch, tell me your feelings about Michelle <laughs> Branch. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't come prepared with any questions. You're fine. So. I met Michelle Branch once at Summerfest in 2017 or 2018, I want to say. Oh, okay. She was actually, my wife, you know my wife, Alana, she yeah. works for a record label. And at the mm-hmm. time, Michelle Branch was using my wife's record label. So Michelle Branch goes oh, yeah. back out on tour. And my wife was like, hey, do you want to go see Michelle Branch tonight? And I was like, Yes. Yeah. All I wanted was somebody who cares if you want to. I yeah. can save. Yeah. Uh, so we went backstage and met Michelle Branch. She was very nice. Uh, super conversational. Very mm-hmm. thankful of us being there. Uh, I told her I used to love her. I, I've always loved her music. I'm sure you've probably met her before and said the same thing to her. Yes. If not yeah. something similar. That was now, one of the very first um, like artists that I met that I was like, wow. I mean, I, nice. I had met some Super before, nice. yeah. but like that was like because I was only uh, seventeen, maybe. Yeah. And so it's like, wow, you're. And I actually had to come to Oakland for that. So I, I was living in Reno at the time. I had to drive to Oakland to, to meet her, and I was like, wow. This How is, far was that? Well, four hours. Was it Slim's in Oakland, right? Let's see. I'm looking at the uh, uh, ticket stub here. Yeah, that was 2002. So, oh yeah, I just uh, I just turned uh, 19. Oh, nice. Yeah. No, so I Michelle... wasn't even 19 yet. I was still 18. So I do like Michelle Branch. I like her quite well, a good. bit. Good. That, that was the most important question I had to ask you during this entire, uh, <laughs> <laughs> entire podcast. So I'm glad you were able to answer it. Thank you. Me too. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm glad we got to catch up. Yeah. Even if it yeah, was just but... a podcast form. Uh, listen, um, this is the best Joe Rogan podcast I've ever been on. Stop so. calling it that. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> this is not Joe Rogan. We're, oh. We've done one third of a Joe Rogan podcast. <laughs> My agent told me this was Joe Rogan's podcast. Oh, your agent lied to you, dude. Oh, he lied. What a dick. He lied. Um, You're uh, on listen, an, yeah. I, uh, I, uh, value our friendship immensely. I do treasure. I treasure I, our friendship. Yes. I, uh, I've known you a long time and, uh, you're a great friend. And you know what's great is that uh, your your wife uh, will even attest to this and say uh, it doesn't matter how long uh, we've been apart yeah, when we hang out in person. And I think the in person part is very important. Yeah, it's like we literally pick off exactly where we left off. Hundred uh, percent every time, every single time, every time. And um, and it just makes it fun. And um, you know, I know that uh, you and her have come out here to the West Coast a couple of times, and my girlfriend Lindsay. And uh, and I were planning to come um, see you guys. I was August. just going to ask: uh, Are you still planning on that trip, or how do you feel about that I trip guess now? It's, I mean, it's August, so it's still a little ways away. But I think that um, obviously uh, the, the idea, the, the reason why we were going to go was to catch a baseball game. But if there's no baseball season, or however the baseball season is going to work, um, you know, or if they change the schedule, I mean, who really knows right now? Uh, but it'll be interesting as as time goes on to see, you know how that's going to all pan out. I mean, you know, uh, her and I were actually going to go to the 500, uh, but they moved that to August. So the Indy 500, like, yeah, that's right. So it's, you know, every, everything's all kind of up in the air. So, um, Do you but, think, will you travel before the end of the year? Would you travel? Um, I love traveling. Like, I love going places. I love, you know, flying. You know, I guess it, it's going to kind of depend on... on you know, as cliche as this sounds, how flat the curve is. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, it, is there a reality that there could be a sudden uptick of a second wave? Yeah, of course. Like, yeah. you know, especially, you know, people that hadn't been infected or if there's no vaccine yet. I mean, there's so many questions that kind of just still linger. And who knows? Like, you know, these dummies, especially in, you know, S- Southern California, who are insisting on going to beaches and they had some protest in Huntington Beach today and they were all outside you know not social distancing it's just like you, you know it, it sucks because i feel like a broken record because i feel like that's all i say is like just just follow directions and just be cool about it but you know some people are obviously not as um patient about that stuff so i guess it, it, it's going to kind of depend over the next couple of months just kind of see how it works bottom line it, if it is possible to do it and there is a baseball season yes 
Uh, we'll see in August. But, you know, like if it still looks like it's, you know, things are weird and we don't have no idea what, the, you know, what's going to happen. And yeah, yeah I, I, don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm the same way. The inside of my house. <laughs> and just like most people. Um, I enjoy traveling and just as much as James Harden does on the basketball court. I enjoy traveling. It's just, it's fun. Oh, yeah. Oh, there you go. See, it's and, a fun sports reference. Parents, your parents are, uh, are, are still in Indianapolis. Um, have you seen them since this whole thing? Or are you just- um, my parents are split now. They're divorced. My dad still lives in Indianapolis. My mom lives in South Carolina now. Oh, wow. But I've got the rest of my family. My brother and two sisters are in Indianapolis. So okay. I haven't been back to see them or any of my family. Yeah. That's where probably 80 to 90% of my family is in Indiana. That's where the, everybody is. So Right. Aside so from my, my mom. So I was so planning parents- I was planning to go see my mom in Pauley's Island, South Carolina in April. Oh, yeah. But... Yeah, and my my parents are in Reno, which is only two hours away, but still, it's like, but they're also, you know, they're up there in age, and I don't want to run the risk, but, you know, listen, that's why there's FaceTime, and that's why, you know, we can jump on the phone and, you know, talk to them that way, so. It makes it tough, but at the same time, it's like, you know, again, there's so many cliches, we're going to get through this together. Right? During these uncertain times. (laughs) During these uncertain times, we are here for you. What's it's your a local power company or whatever it is? I see God, a lot of so people tired of those commercials. Before we get out of this, uh, what are some of your least favorite cliches that you're hearing? Because a lot of advertisers are jumping on board with this now, and they're like, "We're here for you during these uncertain times, uh, um, during during times of uneasiness, and during right. time the times of global pandemic." Like, I understand being relatable to a sense, but you get to a point where you're almost fake. You know, I, I I hate ripping off memes, but sometimes there are some pretty good ones, like the one from someone made about uh, Delta Airlines sends me an email saying, we're going to get through this together. Where were you when my bag was 51.5 pounds? <laughs> like, it's true. Which makes sense. Like, it does. You know, together, my, my ass. Beef is, yeah, my beef is, is like, if all you're doing is running a commercial to tell us that we are going through some uncertain times... You spent a stupid amount of money that you could have helped donate to some cause to help get through this, uh, present a big check while wearing a mask if you needed to. But instead, your marketing department bought these, you know, uh, warm and fuzzy commercials that that have no objective. And let me and I let me clarify that because um, there are commercials that do run, whether it's radio or television or whatever it is. They actually have something to them, some substance. I was going to say there's. There's a local grocery chain, Pick and Save, Roundy's, Kroger. I don't know if you heard any of those brands. They're running commercials on the radio just thanking their employees. They're like, we just want to thank our employees for being there and stocking the shelves and being there for everyone and being frontline workers. And that's all they're doing. They're not like, and by the way, strawberries are three for a dollar. I'm like, right. no, it's <laughs> which, just. Which I, which I have heard, which I'm right. fine with. You know, <laughs> I, but I guess like if all you're doing is running a commercial telling us about these uncertain times uh, or unprecedented times. And that's all your that's all your commercial is telling us. Like, yeah. come on, man. Like, you know, tell me how I can get uh, how you're going to save me half off of my cable bill next month um, if I go to your website and do this. Yeah. Okay. All right. That 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 works. It's a great call to action. But you just spent you know hundreds of thousands of dollars on this commercial on Bravo uh, to tell me that are we in some uncertain times, right? I didn't know. We is what? this new? <laughs> Nicholas Cage, you don't say. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Next, it's Andy Cohen. Oh, great. Yeah, right. Well, I genuinely, uh, I, I hope you stay safe out there. You clearly thanks. are. So I think we're all going to be fine. We're going to get through this. I think like 60% of people in the country are already have had coronavirus and just don't know it. So yeah, I mean, you know, they even said that, what, it, it uh, could have even appeared as late as last year, and, you know, but we didn't know what it was, and yeah. I don't know. It's it, it's super weird, and but, you know, at the end of the day, like, uh, we'll get through it, and it sucks that there are people that have you know, passed away because of this, but, you know, hopefully that... Um, My know, episode previous to you was a friend that, as uh, a listener of the show, that 27-year-old dude, truck driver, got the, got the Rona. Wow. 27. Put on hey. like a ventilator and almost oh. died. Like he was given a 20% chance to live. He was like, what? 20%? And, and, and I'm sorry, I missed this. Uh, I missed that part of the Joe Rogan podcast, but, um, <laughs> did, uh, <laughs> <Dick>. <laughs> but did, um, did he say how he thought he got it? 
He was delivering essential goods to New York, Ohio, Michigan, Chicago. He, he, he was just in hot spots. He knew it. Uh, but he was one of those guys that never took it seriously. He was like, ah, this is just like the flu. This is stupid. Yeah. And then he got it, and he was like, it's changed. He's done a full 360 on his whole his okay. whole perspective of it. So that's what the last episode was about, honestly. So yeah. people are getting yeah. it. It sucks. Yeah. Well, uh, I well, think my phone, I think, just died. So um, looks like that it. means that that sounds like that. Uh, this we've reached the end of our time together. Yeah, we are. Let's play some some music. Oh, play, play us out, Paul. All right. <laughs> Could you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next thing, you got to get a band in your basement for these podcasts. Yeah, I do. Well, I've got an applause. So there we go. Now, now, right, uh, one last follow-up question: If you had a band in your house to play you out, uh-huh. um. Which George Michael song would they play you out to, and why would it be Faith? (laughs) Well, because it's one of the greatest songs I've ever written. Bingo! That is the correct answer I was looking for. Thank you. And why? Where is Andrew Ridgely right now? I want to know. Where is? What is he doing? We all want to know. We all want to know. All right, buddy. Well, thank you for coming out. It was good to catch up with you and just bullshit for an hour. Who cares? But uh, sounds good. Thanks for having me on. You're a great American. Stay safe over there. You too.